0: Welcome, everyone, into the Fantasy Sports Rants Podcast. It's your host, Chris Heil. On the roundtable tonight, we have Nick Whalen, and we also have uh, Bent McDonald. Benton, how you doing tonight, buddy?
1: Yeah, I'm doing good, Chris. Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, not a problem. And Nick, how we doing, buddy?
1: Oh, awesome, man. Every day is a good time to talk football. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, not a problem. We're almost there. We're almost the football season. a matter of fact, I had a draft tonight with a bunch of local people and this is how we're going to start off the podcast. I want to get your guys' opinions on what to do in a situation that I was in tonight. So let's kick it off here. I was in a, I'm in a local league. It's 10 people. So I joined it because there was money involved. It was a local league where these people uh, you know, there's a couple girls, this different thing, but they have $40 to the winner, 20 bucks a second, and it's free to sign up. So I was like, you know what, I'll join up. And I noticed when I finally signed up, there's 10 people total. So I'm in the draft, and I, I feel like I'm killing it, okay? It comes to the fifth round, a defense is taken. It comes the sixth round, a kicker's taken, a kicker's taken, another defense is taken. At this point, I'm getting all this value, but I feel like I'm never going to play some of these guys. I want to ask what you guys, you guys prepare all year long for these drafts, and something like this happens. What do you do? What's your mindset? Do you change your mindset at all for a draft like this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I tweeted a couple times that I have an 18 homemade draft, and that's the hardest draft I have, because you don't know what to expect, because, you know, in our Scott bowls or NFL games, you, you can reasonably expect what's going to happen with the crowd, but... I mean, you got your buddies, you got your family, you got local people. You, I mean, there's just so many criminals coming at you. You kind of start freaking out.
0: And so, just a quick, quick thing of who I have here. My running backs are Lamar Miller and Eddie Lacy. And so, I took Melvin Gordon, Chris Ivory, and Doug Martin and Derek McFadden as my backups. And I like guys like Derek McFadden I'm real big on, but like Doug Martin, Chris Ivey, as soon as they start exploding, I want to try to trade them for their max value. But when you're in a small league like this, you're not going to trade a whole lot. Vic, what do you do in this situation?
1: I I mean, honestly, I think while it's happening, all you can do is just kind of like laugh inside, right? Like you almost, you you almost feel bad for them. I had a, I had a draft that was really weird like that a long time ago with my buddies where the year after Rich Cannon retired, someone took him in the first round the next year. So <laughs> all you could do is be like, okay, thank you for, you know, all the value. And I, I think, I mean, with those backups, and that's, that's awesome. I mean, those are great backups, but you can just wait, hang and wait for some of these injuries that, you know, some of these can happen today at tight end. And then, and then you can start, you know, picking them off and doing two for once and kind of improving your starting lineup.
0: Uh, I just I absolutely despise drafts like this because I'm sitting there and I'm loving my team, and all of a sudden these kickers go, these defenses go, and I'm like, I love to trade. That's probably by far my favorite part of fantasy is being able to, to make a trade, and you almost feel like you're ripping off someone when you execute the perfect trade. And so I have guys like Allen Robinson, Charles Johnson on my bench, and I'm just like, I like these guys, and I want to keep them on my team And I'm going to have to, but I can't trade them for a guy who's actually a wide receiver one. And that to me is what's upsetting when you get into these local leagues that you prepare so often. You sit there and you're, I'm doing draft guides and, you know, I look at everyone, everyone else's content. I finally get, you know, you feel the perfect draft and then you're like, well, shoot, I can't do anything with it. So with that being said, I wanted to talk to the both of you guys about quarterbacks. What is maybe one quarterback you guys are super maybe high on or who has big upside? And we'll start with you, Benton, a guy that you just are in love with that maybe is getting the hype or isn't getting as much of the hype that you're expecting.
1: Uh, I'll go with Sam Bradford. He's been getting a ton of hype lately. He had an awesome preseason. Game. He went 10 for 10 with three touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 kind of, I kind of gained you know, steam on him throughout the offseason. And, you know, Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly is the best quarterback he's had. Sam Bradford's a good quarterback. I think if he can stay healthy, he can be a top three QB easy.
0: So Nick, do you like Sam Bradford this year? And who's maybe a guy you're high on?
1: Well, I absolutely love St. Bradford this year. I mean, how how can you not when you see Nick Foles who looked I mean like a shadow of himself this preseason with the Rams and then two years ago he had what twenty six and two was his ratio, you know, that first year in Chip, I mean it's just like magical, you think Bradford, who's much more talented, was in that system, as long as he can stay healthy, which right is a big if. <laughs> um, you you gotta think that's huge value for what you're gonna get him for. Um for, for me, I, I'm going to go with some of these, these skis. I mean, you see, you know, you in know, DFS right now, you know, Tyrod Taylor is the starter, and he's he's like $5,000 against a really bad Colts defense or, or like a Kirk Cousins. You know, he's playing Miami, but he's a starter. You can save a bunch, you know, a bunch of, of capsules there and, and go get some other better positions. You still get a starting quarterback. I think, like, those are some of the low-end guys. Um some of the other ones I like. I mean, I think Andy Dalton has looked really good this preseason with all those weapons back. I think Eifert could be big time for him, and he's just got so many weapons. I don't see how he can fail this year.
0: I was listening to the radio the other day, and they were talking about how Rex, uh, Rex Ryan was going to choose Tyrod Taylor because it's a new coach, it's a new almost era. They have new players on the team. They're trying to just have a new face for the for the team. And E.J. Manuel was really going to have to impress everyone for Rex Ryan to have him. The fans wanted Tyrod Taylor, and that's kind of how it's going to have to happen. And today, of course, they announced that he's going to be the starter. So it was really interesting to just kind of see something like that. It's kind of a conspiracy. There's no data to back that up, but it worked, and it's really interesting. And I think that he's going to be... Interesting to say the least. I'm not sure exactly what to say about him. He has got a very interesting play. Uh, they play the Colts week one, and their defense is terrible. So I think he's got a real interesting play in week one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other thing enough. too. That, well, the other thing too is with you know with Manuel. I mean, and he's a holdover. You know, you, you hate those guys because they get you know maybe with that scheme. Looked for with EJ Manuel, they're gone. Doug Marrone left. It, it's the same thing with RG3 now. You know, Shanahan picked him, and Jay Gruden is left as the holdover. So that that's why I make those guys kind of tough to to get to the starter. And if you can guess some of the new guys they bring in, and not the holdovers, you could get some good value there. You can go ahead. Well, yeah, I- uh,
0: I think there's still value for RG3, honestly. I don't, I think he's gonna get traded at some point in the season. Watch someone like, you mentioned Andy Dalton, watch him start being terrible at the beginning of the season. The team, and I, I kinda talked to, uh, we all, all three of us write for Dynasty League Football, and I was talking to Ken, uh, about this, uh, and we were talking about, I think Andy Dalton's gonna be traded or something along those lines will happen to him this season because uh, A.J. Green is in a contract season. he They are not going to sign A.J. Green to a big deal if they don't have a quarterback to back him up. That would be stupid and ridiculous on their team. If they're going to rely on A.J. McCarron, they're going to start rebuilding. They have Jeremy Hill. They have Giovanni Bernard. They have Tyler Eifert. They have these young pieces to just start moving forward in a new concept and not sign someone like A.J. Green to a big deal. So... In my opinion, I'd be interested to see if maybe they do get someone like RG3. I think the Bengals would be a good fit. He can kind of sit behind Andy Dalton if needed. They can throw him in the mix. I like the fit, and I know that's pure speculation. The Browns are another team that he could go to. There's several different teams that could be interested in him, and I think RG3 will still have some fantasy value, especially in Dynasty Leagues. I'm trying to buy him because he is at his absolute lowest um value right now? <laughs> no one, no response on that?
1: Well, I um, I, I don't know as, as much as I like RG3. I mean, I can see the talent, obviously, but the, the thing with him is it's just confidence. And and you look back in, in time at, at uh, Derek Carr. When he was at, um, I'm sorry, David Carr. They're going, they're going mixing it up already. When um, <laughs> he was at Houston, I mean, he got beat so bad that at the, at the end of his career, he was so scared of the rush that he just he couldn't even, you know, use all the tools that he had. And that's kind of what I see with RG3. Like, is he ever going to be that confident? Guy just making plays all over at Baylor in his first year, and then it's the knee, and then it's all these other injuries. And it's a new scheme, and they don't use him right. I just, I just don't see it now. I understand your play though, because right now, I mean, you can get them for you know, pennies on the dollar, and that's what you want to do in Dynasty. But, but man, I don't. I just don't know if he can ever get that confidence back. So, would you? Well,
0: I mean, I, let me just throw this out there real quick. Would you gamble? Would you maybe throw out? I don't know, some, uh, just trying to think of someone, like a fourth round pick and maybe Austin Miles for him. Is that something you would feel in a, in a dynasty league? Do you think that's, would you do that? Or are you just gonna say, I'm not even gonna touch him, I'm not gonna worry about the headache?
1: I don't think that, I don't think that RG3, I mean, I handle my dynasties a little bit differently. I will only have two quarterbacks. I think having more than two quarterbacks, you know, I'd rather have gambles on other running backs and wide receivers and tight ends. That's where I'm going to take my, my shots. You know, I mean, as long as I have some, at least a solid backup up there. Now, if I don't have a solid backup, sure, I might do something like that and carry three, but I think I would just rather keep the roster space and, and take a shot on, you know, like Gus Johnson at Dallas or something like that.
0: Alright, sorry about cutting you off there, Ben. What were you going to say, bud?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I think, I don't they will going to do anything until he gets cut. And hopefully he gets cut the next week or so. But, I mean, at this point, I'm not sure if I'm even going to get it. If he can't play quarterback for the Redskins, tumultuous organization they may be. It's just, it, it just scares me.
0: And I actually totally forgot to do this at the beginning of the podcast. Um, the guest I have tonight, Nick Whalen, let everyone know where they can find you on Twitter, what you do for writing, different things like that.
1: Well thanks Chris. Um well my uh my Twitter handle is at underscore Nick Whalen. Um, I write for you know dynasty dot com. I specialize in scouts and I'm gonna be going up against you buddy here with uh, DFS all year. We're gonna be doing college and NFL, so that'll be fun. We're gonna do a, a heads up series there. Um and then I also do uh Saturday to Sunday football dot com uh, podcast where we just kind of Look for Devi and kind of those next wave of stars before a lot of people know them on the mainstream.
0: So if you're looking for a winning lineup in DFS this year, make sure you check out my lineups compared to Nick's because they will be winning all season long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably right. You're probably right.
0: No, we'll see what happens. There's, uh, you, you know, once you hit your groove, that's the best thing about DFS is once you hit your groove and you get in the zone, it's almost like you can't be beat, and that's the hardest thing. Is you don't want to get too cocky, or if you get in a losing streak, you don't want to get too down on yourself. But that's what's fun about the sport is you just gotta find your rhythm, you know what works, and keep going with it. So it, I, it's fun.
1: I, I hope I hope so, and I hope you don't beat me too badly. I'll um, try. I'll
0: try not to embarrass you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank
0: you. All right, and Benton, let everyone know a little bit about yourself, sir.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter over at, at Big Mac 9812. Um I write for SandyCleafFootball.com. Uh, right now I'm trying to focus more on the college game because it's, it's just very intriguing to me and I watch a lot more college football. And hopefully I'll be playing a good amount of DFS, maybe throwing out a couple of head to heads with you guys. But yeah, I'm really excited for the football season to get here.
0: Absolutely. And myself, you can find me on Twitter at The Grizzly Beard. I also write for Dynasty League Football. And, you know, we all really dabble in a little bit of everything. We're not just, I wouldn't say we focus on one exact thing, but that's what's fun about the LF is they kind of let you have your own uh, voice. They don't say, hey, you're just DFS only. Hey, you're only scouts only. They let you be who you want to be and just kind of experiment in different areas. So, with that being said, let's talk a little bit about DFS real quick, Nick and Benton. Let's talk about, is there one guy, uh, and we'll start with you, Nick. Is there one guy, no matter the price, you just want to absolutely have on your roster in the NFL games for week one? Is there one guy you say, I don't care if he's, you know, $10,000 or $5,000, he is in my lineup no matter what. I love his juicy matchup
1: wanna see what the hype's about with Brandon Cooks. I just wanna see it. You know? He's not, he's gonna be with Breeze, and you just hear all those targets last, and now it's gonna be the Brandon Cook show. And I just want him plugged into my lineup. And then if it happens, boom. Great things are gonna happen. If it doesn't happen, I'd be like, okay, at least I'm gonna gamble with that, you know, that card being dealt.
0: That's actually I really haven't thought about that. That's a solid play there. And uh, Benton, I know I didn't really get to talk to you about this before the show. Do you have someone off the top of your mind? Do you need me to give you a minute? Because I've got someone in my chamber I've been ready to talk about.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at Fanduel lines right now. And I feel so <laughs> shocked for saying this, but Cleo James, man, he's the he's 9000 price tag, which is the sixth highest on Fandle. But, I mean, he's playing Philadelphia in the Dome. I feel like a very elite secondary. I, I just think it'd be a blowout.
0: That's a very interesting matchup because it really could be a complete shootout, and that's exactly what you want with someone like Julio Jones. You just want him to absolutely go off and just the points keep going because when you get those blowouts, your guys start to, to just run the ball and your wide receivers just kind of hang out and you just you get all your points at the first half. So interesting play there. I like it. And the one guy I'm super excited about, and it doesn't matter the price value, is Adrian Peterson. I don't love him in redraft leagues. I don't like him in dynasty leagues. And I'm one of the few guys who is not all gung-ho on the guy. But I think week one, he's going to come out. He's going to show he's still got it. He's going to be excited. And he... It's just someone that I'm really excited to put in for week one lineups. I think that he could absolutely go up and blow off or blow up in week one. And it didn't matter what his price tag is. I'm putting him in at least a couple of my lineups and I'm going to fire it in and see what he does.
1: Man, I, you know, you know what's funny is, is you know, I was thinking about who, who I would want in my lineup no matter what. And I cooked there. And if there's a guy I didn't want in my lineup. It was Adrian Peterson. So this is nice. We're kind of going to go against each other here. And and it's, you know, he's been off for so long, you know, that there's going to be some kind of rest there. They didn't give him a ton of action in the preseason. He's the highest-priced running back. I know San Francisco's defense isn't the same, you know, without Alvin Smith and Justin Smith and, and Patrick Wills, But, man, Navarro Bowman looks pretty good. they still got some talent there. And, no, you know, Phil Lodehold is gone. I don't know. I don't. I I would just wait. I want to see at least that he's got it. And plus, he's thirty. That's that. That's that age. We don't want to talk about running backs, you know.
0: I firmly believe that Minnesota is going to hand him the ball a ton, as they do, and they're going against a defense like you said. There's players missing, and I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but overall for the whole team. They have 22 players, I think, missing overall. They have a new head coach. There's just so many different variables with that team that I'm going to take a shot and see what the 49ers have. I don't think they're going to be as strong of a team, and I think I've even thrown out there a couple times that the 49ers may be the worst team this year. They could have the number one overall pick when it comes to the 2016 draft.
1: Oh, Oh, I agree. Certainly. I think that I think the four ers are going to be, be bad, but I, I just don't know how great, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know we'd, like, close our eyes and we're like, oh, man, remember that 2,000-yard season? Remember, remember this or that? But, it, you know, that, that age, it comes knocking on running backs, no matter what. Like, we always thought LT, nothing could touch LT, and then he just fell off, and Ray Rice had fell off earlier, and Sean Alexander had fell off. I mean, it's going to happen. And I just, I just I, you know, I'm scared. I just want to make sure I see it happen, and then I'm with you, Chris. I like AP. I just want to see it first.
0: Well, that's the thing. I don't like AP for the season, but I like him in the one strict game. I will not draft him in season-long games because I'm with you. He's getting older. He's going to start, I mean, he should have been on his downfall already, and we might have seen that last year uh, unfor- for his unfortunate circumstances, but... Like I'm saying, I, I like him in this one game. I can focus on this one game. I'm willing to invest in him in one game and just kind of hope. He's, like I said, he's like that one player where you're going to throw money out there. He's the highest played running back. I'm going to gamble on a guy. Why not be AP? If he goes off and I mean, we wouldn't be surprised, would we? He's done it before. He's, he's proved us all wrong. If I'm going to gamble on a guy, I'm going to gamble on this one.
1: Uh, all right, Chris. How about this, Benton? Benton, you got the tiebreaker. Which side are you going? I mean, I would if Adrian Peterson was running down on me cut off with the entire NFL and most of the world. Probably, I, I wouldn't get him away. So yeah, I'll be. I'll get him in a couple of answers. It hurts, Benton. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Nick, if you. I almost kind of want to make a friendly wager on it, but I don't even know what to say because I don't want to throw, like, he's going to score 15 points because I have no idea really what to expect out of him in week one. It's just one of those crazy guys that I was – you look at all the matchups and, you know, there's a lot of favorable ones. There's ones that you're, like, meh about. But he's – that's just the one I was like, I'm interested to just kind of see what happens. I don't even have, a like, a, a real projection for him yet on what he can do. But I think it's going to be real interesting. And so he's the one player I really want to go on. Once I finally sit down, look at all the stats, I may sit here and be like, what was I thinking? Why was I saying all these things? But he, I just I like what he's done in the past. I like what he's going up against in a terrible defense. So we'll see what happens.
1: I mean, that's the best part about DFS is that we can roster down for one week. He sucks. Going back to the dogs.
0: So, Ben, we'll start with you here. Let's say there's one player you do not want to own in DFS on week one. He's not going to be on your roster, no matter what. It doesn't matter what everyone's saying. Who's that one guy going to be? Ooh,
1: ooh, let me look for a sec. <laughs>
0: And so I can go ahead and... I'll go ahead and start off with this. And I'll give you a second here. There was one guy I was really high on uh, with all the news injury, and that was Jeff Janis. And I was really high on him originally. And he's on FanDuel he is just a little lower than Devontae Adams and I actually think I'm going to stick with someone like Adams instead of Jeff Janis and just because I'll feel a little more comfortable in that situation I'm willing to gamble with someone who can produce like Adams we know what he's capable of and Jeff Janis is someone I like in seasonal leagues I just don't know if I can gamble with him week one against Chicago And, Benton, are you ready? We still need this another second, bud.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll probably just go Aaron Rodgers. I think he'll be – I mean, because week one, there's going to be so many new players, uh, uh, especially week one, a lot of fish. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, expensive quarterback. I think a lot of people will be taking him. And I'll just shy away because there's so many good cheap quarterback options, and he's at 9,700, and there's no point in paying that for him but. You can get that production from Tyrod Taylor at $5,000. <laughs> all
0: right, and Nick, let's go ahead and see what you have to say about this.
1: Well, well, real quick, I mean, I, I just have to speak to this. So this is something that, you know, really, really hurts inside because I'm a Bears fan, you know, and, and i got to gotta hear all this stuff. Man, there's – yeah, I agree with you. There's no way I think that Janice is anywhere near Adam's. At, at least not week one. Um even going back and looking at college tape of Janet, I mean, he was such a body catcher. I didn't realize that. He's a great athlete, but I just think Adams is so much more of a safer pick, so I I'm with you there. Um but then but then just speaking to Rogers, I mean he just has it out for Chicago. So I know he's losing Jordy, but that our def- that defense is bad. Chicago's I just I mean if we shut him down, you know, I'll probably throw a parade out here in my street in front of my house, but I just don't I don't know if it's gonna happen for me. Um The
0: they just released the corner too, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they just cut Kim Jennings.
0: That's what I thought. Otherwise,
1: yeah. Even though his two thousand fifteen salary was guaranteed, but he's just he's been bad, and he had a knee injury, and then he just never came back, and he was like the fourth best corner, so they let him go. Um. So if I had to pick another guy, so I had a P. Another one I was I was, was kind of I'm hesitant on is, is, and this is probably a little bit shocking too, is Jamal Charles. You know, everyone's. You know, Jamal Charles, you know, he's a really good player. I'm not gonna go against him he you know, uses his hands well. He can score, you know, receiving game and rushing and score from anywhere. But man, that that offensive line is bad and they lost Rodney Hudson and now they're going to against Houston. And Houston got even bigger and better when they got Wince Wilfork in there. So in the middle, along with Lot and you know, Clowney and all that talent and I just I might pass on them at least for week one. That, that's a tough matchup, especially sure for a bad line and a great defense.
0: Yeah. And one guy I really wanted to kind of talk about was LaShawn McCoy. Yes, we all know he's going to get the carries. However, there, he's dealing with an injury. Um, I know it's, uh, he's dealing with hamstring and that is one of actually, in my opinion, one of the more serious injuries when it comes to fantasy. You can't just go in and play through a hamstring injury. It's going to alter your body. You're going to run slower. You're not going to be able to make the cuts that you need to make. And I know Indiana Indianapolis has a bad defense, but I'm still going to kind of shy away from Sean McCoy, especially with him being priced so high. Um, I want to say he's what like the like the seventh. Let me see here, two four. He's like the eighth-priced uh, co- uh, running back. I think that's still too much, and I would rather kind of gamble on some other guys and put my money in on receivers who uh, could produce more. Uh, C.J. Anderson is the exact same price as LaShawn McCoy, and I'd rather gamble with someone like him. Um, you know, there's guys like Darren McF- McFadden. I would rather have him. Uh, just LaShawn McCoy, I think, is way too pr- uh, priced high for his week one value.
1: Well, so I'm completely with you. Enhancements are my biggest concern, especially for, when you think about this, that's, that's what McCoy's game's about, that those quick movements, and, you know, when he can't have those quick movements. It's not like he's gonna emulate you. You know what I mean? He's gonna overpower and get those extra yards or, or do those things. And mean, that, that, you know, he's gonna hammer, make a guy miss, and keep going, and if you can't do that, and he even dropped off last year. You know, I talked about that, that decline. He declined a little bit last year. That, the burst wasn't all there. So what's it going to be like with a hurt hamstring? And, I mean, in, in, in this game, we I mean, you know the Colts are going to get up early. So they, they aren't going to be running the ball as much. more they can dump it, but they also can dump it to Percy or to Watkins. So, yeah, I think he's a, I sitting away from him. I, I agree. I go with somebody else.
0: All right. And uh, real quick, uh, Benton, if you want to go ahead and, uh, is there, what do you think about our takes? I know Nick, we're going to, uh, we're going to let you get going here. I know we're running a little over on time and that usually happens when we just, we sit here and we just keep going and talking. So, um, if you want Nick, you're more than welcome to hop off here and me and Benton can just uh, wrap this thing up.
1: Yeah. I appreciate it guys. Thanks for having me
0: on. Oh, not a problem, Nick. Hey, good talk, Nick. All right. And so Benton, I want to kind of talk with you real quick. Um, especially someone you, you play a lot of DFS um, when you roster your team is there one position you maybe focus on more than others is there you want to make sure you have a good running back or is there maybe you want to make sure you get great value and you spend less money in quarterback what is the maybe a strategy you use or you prefer to use
1: yeah generally when I'm constructing lineups I, I, I always get a cheap QB it's just Cheat you can't really go wrong with it because the consistent production over a large span of quarterbacks and and I I I'm a big fan of paying up at RB, especially in week one, just kinda of looking through it while we are talking. With a P, Foss, or not Foster, Charles, Jeremy Hill, Lanchard. i find to get in two of those guys. A cheap TV and I, I usually cut tight into too if I see a good matchup. Maybe Richard Rogers will be going with the Packers. So if i QB and tight end and paying up the RBI to go middle tier, seeing maybe paying up the one of them. And then getting kind of a mid tier guy from my like next to like we bought other like Stevie Johnson is really cheap. So yeah, that's kind of an entry into my into my basic line of construction.
0: So I, I also wanna ask this question. When you do your cheap quarterback, are you looking to also stack him with a wide receiver, or does that kind of go out the window at that point?
1: Um, I'd probably say it depends week to week, but I am I, I like stack. My cheap stacks are usually QB receiver and then RB defense. And I, oh, I'm, I'm not a on RBs. I'm, a good, I'm bigger on pass-catching RBs because... Okay with Game and Game trip you can either stay in a game longer than, like, an Apple Morse type, and, like, if the Red Fugger losing bad, then you kind of leaves Apple Morse.
0: So, I I know you don't really want to give too many of your your big plays for Week 1. Kind of give us an idea. Is there some some games that maybe you're focusing on? You don't have to tell us the exact players, but it's like, the... The Philly Atlanta game, one game you just you're kind of drooling over. The over under is going to be really high, and you just think there's going to be a lot of fantasy points scored.
1: Yeah, Philly Atlanta is definitely my big game. It's the highest over under. It's on Monday night. So and then some. I use over unders a lot, and line of construction like Giants, New York Giants at Dallas. That's the second highest over under. I'll be a lot of good matchups. Pretty mediocre defenses Baltimore, Denver, another one where the ball will just be getting chunked around. Green Bay, Chicago. I mean, there's a lot of really awesome matchups week one.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right there. The matchups for week one are really enticing. There's just there's some games where one guy I absolutely love. <laughs> and I know I've been ridiculed a bunch for it, is Jameis Winston. I love what he has to offer. I think he's a really good quarterback. And the weapons around him are just phenomenal. However, he plays Tennessee. You know, they don't have the greatest defense. But I just don't know if I'm ready to invest in someone like him. I try to always look at the lower price guys like Jameis Winston, who's priced at 6900 That's not a terrible price. But I'd rather maybe gamble with someone like some of the guys you've mentioned previously, and just know that these other guys can produce and they're capable of doing so early in the season. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm not sure I saw once in the week one. I'm I think I might I would probably target Mike Evans. Or, there's a Tennessee quarterback I remember from last year, Bleedy Ray Wilson. He's really bad, but he usually covers the number one and number two. But you can exploit that. That's another thing I used last year: was exploiting receiver corner matchups because corner corners that are bad tend to be bad pretty consistently. And when you can get a when you can find that matchup with whatever receivers on them, you can usually get some good points from there.
0: And so while we're sitting here talking, it's it's actually like the worst thing about me I when I pull up lineups and I pull up pricing and everything I just built a lineup while we're sitting here talking and so let's kind of see what you think here I threw Sam Bradford against Atlanta you know we talked about should be high value and I went ahead and matched him up with Jordan Matthews for a sack there I think that could be a little interesting With that also, I threw in DeMarco Murray. I know it's a little crazy to have three players on one team, but I really think all three of them will have really high fantasy value, especially in week one. So I'll go through the lineup real quick. You tell me who you don't like, who you do like. I have Sam Bradford, Darren McFadden, DeMarco Murray, Julio Jones, Jordan Matthews, Devontae Adams, Martellus Bennett, Justin Tucker, New York Jets defense because I think Cleveland's offense will struggle. Is there any play on, yeah. any play in there you're just like, no, don't, don't do it?
1: I mean, I really have not looked into tight ends, but I'm, I'm okay with doing it because I, I won't be playing Thursday so There's no gronk exposure side there. But, but yeah, I like that lineup. TV receiver stack. You got a you got to good exposure in high school games. I'm actually making a lineup right now. to so speak. <laughs> it's like the impulse you gotta, on this.
0: you can you, can't start talking pricing without like you know what i've got to do one while we're sitting here i had no intention of doing it and i i'm trying to limit myself because once i start doing lineups like i've already have i want to say i already have like 15 20 lineups in already for week one and that's way more than i need and especially week one can be more of a crapshoot but you want to try to anticipate and you once you hit those it is like the biggest confidence booster in the world when you can hit those big plays
1: Oh, no doubt. And yeah, once you start building a it's really hard to stop. But, uh, <laughs> two guys that put in the line for Stevie Johnson and Eddie Royal, who are both
0: yes. under-produced
1: guys. And I don't hate either. Like, I like either. Both of them in week one.
0: And that's the thing. I really think with week one, there's so much value because I really like Eddie Royal. I like Stevie Johnson. I think they have tremendous value this season, uh, especially in redraft leagues. I love them. But there's just so many different options. There's guys that are priced like Devontae Adams who have, you know, Aaron Rodgers. They they, they have the better quarterback, and they're so cheap that you almost have to play them. It's Devontae Adams is going to be one of those guys where I wouldn't be surprised if he's like 60% owned in major tournaments. He's going to be owned all over the place. So really, a good play would maybe be someone like Stevie Johnson or uh, guys like that where you can get People who aren't going to be all over someone like Adams, you can go ahead and when everyone's zigging, you're zagging. You can make those big plays and shoot for like a million dollars.
1: Yeah, that's what really kind of worries me about. I think he's going to have a pretty high ownership percentage, but that's the thing. I that's the thing I kind of the, the paradox with uh, ownership percentages is he's doing good, but like your line's going to be doing good no matter how many people have him, You know.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, it's the, the tough part about it is you have to try to anticipate, you have to read what everyone else, and that's one thing that I, I love Twitter, but you can also see where everyone is going with it. You see maybe one or two guys start to pump out this, oh, he's gonna tear it up week one, then you see all these people retweeting it, it's like, yes, you go that way, I have another pick I'm interested in, and I'll go this way. And it's one of those things where, you don't really. You want to release your information because you want to help others, but at the same time, you don't want to, like, uh, you don't want to put yourself where everyone else is in the same boat as you. All
1: right, I just made this lineup, and I have zero salary remaining, so I gotta read it out. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Let's. All right, got- Let's go over it. Bradford, Jimmy Hill, Lamando. E.B. Johnson, Julio Jones, Jordan Matthews, Martellus Bennett, Justin Tucker, and the Dolphins.
0: So who was who your running back to? You said Jeremy Hill, right?
1: Yeah, Jeremy Hill and Lamar Miller.
0: Ah, oh, man. I love Lamar Miller. Jeremy Hill. The Bengals' offense is one I'm just questioning in week one against Oakland. You just really never know when that team's going to show up, how they're going to show up. But I think Jeremy Miller, or, uh, Jeremy Hill of all the plays is maybe the safest one. I think he's safer than AJ Green. I think he could be the safest play for Week One. You know, I'm kind of okay with the pick. I and that's maybe one of those things where I'm not super high on him. I could he could explode, and I could be totally wrong on that.
1: Yeah, I and mean, I'm yeah, just honestly because he's an elite running back and he's playing. It crappy I mean I guess the open defense isn't terrible but they're not good.
0: Alright, and so we are now near the end of the podcast. Is there anything you wanted to talk about real quick, Ben, before we go ahead and wrap this thing up?
1: Yeah, uh just kind of a little more DFS. Uh, just I think when you're playing this is kind of a strategy point I wanted to get out there, but there's Dynasty where we're kind of just buying talent at all points. With DFS, I, opportunity and game-playing situation is so much more important than player talent. Like, there's going to be elite players in that really crappy week in DFS, it's just all about finding values in the players with good situations that, are, that have opportunity and are playing worse defenses.
0: One I've been I wrote up my uh, college football article already. I sent it over to Nick, and we're we're doing a matchup me versus him in college, and we're doing a matchup me versus him in NFL. And we're gonna keep record of who does better. It, he's in the scout team. I'm part of the uh, daily fantasy, and it's gonna see who does better. But one thing I'm really excited about with the college is you don't like guys like Jeff Janis are monsters in the NFL because they're so tall. They are almost touchdown machines. They're red zone machines. Those are the players you kind of want to focus on. But when it comes to college ball, height isn't necessarily a big key when you're setting your lineups. Guys that are 5'9", that are just faster than the other cornerback, the guys that are more talented will still score touchdowns. It doesn't matter about the height. It matters just about if you're faster. Is your quarterback better? Can he put the ball where you need to? And so... Just constructing these college lineups was really interesting for me because I really tried to take the time to, to build them of how I thought would, who would score. And I'm looking at and that was one of the biggest parts for me. I was like, well, this guy's six two and this guy's five nine. And I look at their stats. I'm like, whoa, well, this guy's obviously a better player. Why isn't the taller guy getting more play time? And so it was really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, college DFS is crazy. I haven't done too much of it. I'm not going to do more this year, but there's just so many players in college that get playing time just that they wouldn't get in the NFL. I mean, look at the Tebow, the RG3. There's just so many players that are good in college that just don't translate, but while they're in college, they're really, really good.
0: Yeah, one of those guys, like you said, RG3 was a monster. Kendo Wright was his big guy that he focused on pretty much every single game. And uh, I want to. S- There's another guy that was on the team that was really, really good too. Um, but, but even like West Virginia, Tavon Austin, Stebman Bailey, those two were huge college stars. But when it comes to the NFL, they just they didn't translate well. But Tavon Austin was an amazing. Uh, college fantasy player. He blew it up every single week and he did things like reverses. He ran the ball. There's just, there, he was using so many different chances and he had to have the ball in his hands almost every other play.
1: Yeah. And, uh, well, I'm from Austin, so I see a lot of Texas football, but Colt McCoy and Jordan Schilling back in the yes. late 2010s had a great combination. Yes. Yes. Or late 2000s, I mean.
0: And so that's that's the tough thing is you look at these guys and you know like we said like a, a a Tavon Austin or Kendall Wright their size isn't there but their speed is their hands are there they're faster route runners than these other corners that are that are they're going against their quarterback can put it, the ball where it needs to be. And that's what really separates these college guys compared to what's different like the NFL where a guy like, I don't want to say Alshon Jeffrey isn't talented, but his height certainly helps them out where he's able to win those jump balls. A guy like Martellus Bennett, same team, but they're able to get these, these balls because they can jump higher than these other guys. Another reason why I love uh, Doriel Green Beckham, his, he just, he makes everyone around him look so small. And he's able to catch the ball at its point. He's tall, he's big, he's aggressive, and that's why I like players like him in the NFL. And it's, to me, it's, yeah. it's so silly that you like different, you like a totally different kind of receiver in college, and then when you get to NFL, you like a totally different kind of receiver. And I think that's what's kind of fun. It's two different styles of playing.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, uh, DFS in general is awesome, and I think all dynasty players should play DFS. And everyone should play Dynasty.
0: So, I mean, it works out. No, and one big thing, if you do play Dynasty, you want to play something like DFS because it gets you in, it lets you start reach, you research these guys differently than you do with Dynasty. When you're in Dynasty, you look at their, you look at their, uh, their opportunities, what kind of offense they're in, what kind of scheme they're in, what potential they have, what age they are, different things like that matter. But in, DFS. It doesn't matter their age. It doesn't. Those things don't really matter. You look. Just look at how, what their matchup's going to be like. And if you notice that you start paying more attention to a guy, uh, let's say like uh, or Latavius Murray, you start paying more attention to him. You're going to go after him in dynasty leagues, and that's good because you realize he is a great player. He has value uh, that maybe you didn't really that you weren't aware of previously.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's that's why I like it, and uh yeah, I mean, and I just I that all golfers should go get the real investment right now because <laughs> he's good, and I think not think issues are going to resurface, and he's really good.
0: All right, and so Benton, real quick, if you want to let everyone know where they can find you, what you're up to, we're going to go ahead and f- wrap up the show finally.
1: Uh yeah, once again I'm on Twitter at Big Mac nine oh eight one two B I G N A C nine eight one two and then writing it done to the football. Uh I'll be a part of the prediction series that Kim Ken, Ken will be putting out in the next couple days and hopefully have another album soon. Uh I've been doing low cost clinic study, but yeah, hopefully i will be up soon.
0: Alright, and everyone you can find me, the host Chris Heil on Twitter at the Grizzly Beard, and of course you can find me on Dynasty League Football. This is the Fantasy Sports Rants Podcast Roundtable. Tonight we had Nick Whalen and Ben McDonald. Thank you, Ben, for joining me on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, man.